0: New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover. And you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits.
1: Did you know that Wix.com is used by more than 84 million people worldwide? That's a ridiculous number. I didn't make it up. Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business, and they make it real simple. You go sign up for free, use one of their customizable templates, drop in your images. You don't need to hire a designer or any of that stuff. Yeah, you can just do it yourself with Wix.com. So go today. It's fast and easy. Send us a link to your new site, and we'll talk about it on the air if you made it with Wix.com. Don't try to cheat on that. Can't wait to see what you make. Wix.com. W-I-X.com. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio.
0: This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh, Rebel Radio is going down. Would
1: you say? Rebel Radio?
2: Oh, wait. Let's do it
0: again.
1: What's up, rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio. I'm your host, Josh Levine. I have a very sexy episode for you today. My guest is Missy Suicide, the CEO and founder of Suicide Girls. You might know the website, or the books, or the TV shows, the movies, the burlesque show. They do it all. Missy started the Suicide Girls community for people who felt outside the norm to hang out online. It also happens to have pictures of beautiful women and she's been redefining the definition of beauty from day one she gets letters from girls all over the world who say they didn't feel beautiful until they saw suicide girls she's going to give us some really interesting insights into her path as an entrepreneur how she handles the haters the power of finding the right name and why she hires from within the community all that stuff and more in our interview right after this the edm.com track of the week Okay, that was Diggy with the song Tragedy, our EDM.com track of the week. If you like that, get over to EDM.com and I'm sure you'll find some more music you like. And now, let's hear from Missy Suicide. I think sometimes that happens and then sometimes they're like...
0: Yeah, super. Yeah. Well, I let my older one name my younger one. So oh, wow. he has like a sense of ownership.
1: Yeah, that's him. big. That's yeah. good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, it's your baby, you named him.
1: Sure. That's awesome. That's a good parenting trick.
0: Yeah.
1: I like that. Nice. Well, thank you for being here. Missy Suicide. I'm so excited to have you here. I was, um, I've been a fan. I think, you know, I kind of knew of Suicide Girls, uh, but then I saw you speak at PSFK. Oh. Like 2007? Yeah. Something like that. And I was just blown away. Um, and, and, you know, I, I come out of publishing, I have a publishing background and, and just you're, um, I mean, at this point you're sitting on top of an empire and (laughs) yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing what you've accomplished, uh, even, you know, since that time. But, so I've been kind of watching you from afar do your thing and, and it's, it's really amazing.
0: Thank you. It's going to be 15 years this
1: year. Wow. Nuts. That's crazy. Are you guys, do you have, uh, is there like a celebration planned or? We haven't
0: started planning. It happens in September, so we still got some time.
1: One thing I've noticed from publishing is that like you always want to celebrate these milestones, but then there's like, there's just another thing to get out, you know, and and you guys, you know, you have books and you have events and you have TV shows and uh, there's just so much. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we, we should throw something, our five-year anniversary party, actually, Paris Hilton got arrested at, so that was a pretty fun party. (laughs) That's big. Yeah.
1: That's an accomplishment.
0: Um, and our 10-year, I don't, I don't think anybody got arrested, but it was, it was still a pretty, pretty rocking event.
1: Well, there's always this year.
0: Yeah. So 15-year, maybe somebody needs to get arrested again. Exactly. Throw your name away a little bit.
1: That's right. Yeah, we can, uh, we can, you can orchestrate that.
0: Yeah. Make something fun.
1: That's so cool.
0: Yeah. We've got the burlesque show. We're going to be in, yeah. in Germany in November.
1: Blackheart?
0: Blackheart Burlesque.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: and Very it, cool.
0: Yeah. That's been going strong for like three or four four years now. Yeah. Um, we're going to be touring the West Coast and um, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in late April, early May. So if you want tickets, go to blackheartburlesque.com.
1: Yeah, it looks awesome. The stuff I've seen online. So I wanna go, I, w- I wanna sort of take us back to the beginning, All how right. you got into this crazy business. Um, but you're, you're, uh, you're also the, the first photographer, if I understand, right?
0: Yeah, so it was, um, it was kind of an accident. That it started. Um, I uh, had been living in L.A. and working in the dot com industry for in like the early two thousands, nineteen ninety nine ish. Uh-huh. Um,
1: what uh, can you say? What dot com you were? at?
0: I, I was at a number of different ones. You know, uh-huh. as as was part of the case. Sure, <laughs> you know? of course. Um, but like launch, which became oh, Yahoo yeah. Music, and um, Scour, and uh, Den.
1: And so entertainment, yeah, media, entertainment stuff.
0: Media, entertainment stuff, and then the were you,
1: did you burst. know like, were you in? Were you trying to be in the in the music and media business? Yeah,
0: so I was in in music mainly, um, uh, just because that was kind of my passion at the time. Yeah. Um, and what kind of music? Everything. Everything. Yeah. What did so, you grow up
1: uh, listening to?
0: I mean, I grew up listening to. Uh, Everything from Otis Redding to Elvis Costello to uh, my first concert was Nirvana when I was 14.
2: Nice. Baby, here I am, I'm a man on the scene I can give you what you want But you got to go home with me I forgot some good old love And then I got the in store When I get through throwing it on you You got to come back for more Boys and
0: yeah like a tiny venue it's awesome yeah um and saw so smashing pumpkins in a hundred person venue and like, wow yeah <laughs> so do you remember
1: the first record you bought
0: uh the first record i bought was appetite for destruction
2: oh cool awesome
0: yeah and i also bought madonna's album that came out at the same time uh-huh. i can't remember which one it was i think it was she had like a corset black and white.
1: Yeah. I think that was all of them. No. Uh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I can picture it.
0: Yeah. Um, but
1: so you're super into music, super into music. And And then when, um, did you, when did the idea for that to be a career?
0: Um, well, you know, it was right when, when the internet was taking off and I'd been on like irc chats and like had been into into the internet and then when i went to college i went to college in vermont and i helped them to um create their first website and because um, i worked in the dean's office for mm-hmm. um for like work study yeah and so it was building website and i thought it was so much fun and so cool and then um i came out to la uh to for the summer to like have a summer off and hang out. And then I lost my funding to go back to school. And so (laughs) so I just started working and I ended up getting an internship at launch. Cool. Um, and, uh, it quickly, I worked for Dave Goldberg, Mm -hmm. um, who is the most amazing mentor ever. Nice. Um, he just believed in me and like, I was like literally a kid and he totally like encouraged me and helped me to, to see where, um, where I could go. Um, and, uh, so, that kind of spiraled into a career, and then uh, in 2001, after the dot-com bubble burst, um, I was working at a semi-corporate job and hated
1: it—soul-sucking.
0: Sure.
1: It <laughs> Hard to picture you in. A...
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I had had this like sort of charmed career yeah. early, early on, in that I had utter freedom, and like my ideas were valued, and like mm-hmm. everything was was like picturesque and beautiful, and then. Um, then working in this like corporate environment, it, I, I was like, fuck this. And so I I was like, I'm quitting and I'm taking, cashing out my 401k and I'm moving to Portland to go back to school for photography.
1: Nice. You weren't from Portland originally. I am from Portland. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's where I grew up. And, um, and so I packed up the U haul and drove up to Portland and on the way I stopped in San Francisco to stay with, um, uh, with a friend. And, uh, she and I cre- created this idea that we were going to make um, uh, these like collage, um, uh, like handbags and lampshades and belts and stuff like that, and okay. like, with like magazine, old magazines, and like ha- pair like hip hop lyrics with like uh, like old fashioned magazine, sort of like pin up beautiful oh, girls and stuff. Yeah. And um, we created a website where we could upload and like sell, and like it was kind of like an early Etsy sort of like mm-hmm. very very base sort sure. of thing. And um, yeah. and so we went to this this uh, magazine store called the the magazine, uh, ironically enough. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it uh, I found these these I was looking for like vintage fashion magazines, and I ended up finding these old Playboys, mm. and I was so stricken by the. The beauty of uh, there was one of Betty page that um, that Bunny Eager had shot, and I was like, she's enjoying herself and like having she's she's this is beautiful and feels like um, she's just so comfortable and confident and like I it was like this and she's naked <laughs> and like it um, yeah. it really struck me and so I bought a bunch of of them you know along with some fashion magazines or whatever and I went to Portland. Um, and I met some amazing women up there and um, started to like integrate back into the scene and um, one day a friend, uh, the first suicide girl actually, Rose found the magazines and she was like, "What's this? You' you know like thirteen year old boy stash your porn." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "No, and I explained the whole concept about how I wanted to shoot pictures of women that um, that had the same feel, you know like, there's just something that was lacking in today's imagery mm-hmm. of women that um, that they were just so free and confident, and she was like, "Okay, shoot me." And so um, I shot some pinup photos of her, and then I shot pinup photos of her friend, and then I shot pinup photos of a girl that I knew from junior high. Oh <laughs> and then, wow! Yeah, and then um, I had this collection of um, pinup style f- images of these women that were um, really unique and beautiful and had so much to say. And, um, I, and they were not like anything that you saw anywhere, um, in 2001. And so, mm-hmm. um, I met with, uh, my friend and Sean who became my business partner and we sat down and we were having coffee and I was telling him about these and I was like, I don't want to just use their images and like put up their images. Like I don't want to put them in a gallery show cause that's just, like a one-time thing. Right. Um, I want to use, I want to give them a voice and give them a place where they can, you know, speak their mind and share their thoughts and feelings because these women have so much to, sh- to say. Mm-hmm. And so um, he was like, well, let's create a website. That's what we've done in the past. Like, let's just create a website. And so we put up a website and um, it was one of the first community sites um, uh, that existed. And we wanted it to be sort of zine style where mm-hmm. it, like, you could just write about anything that you're passionate about. You know, and if you had four, four viewers or if you had... 4,000 or 4 million, you know, like it was still, um, it was, uh, you could talk about whatever niche you were into and, um, and connect with people who shared your thoughts and feelings and, um, then the girls could uh, express themselves. And now it's, it seems like such a a mundane concept, you know, because everybody's like sharing their, um, everybody takes around like their their breakfast, you know, like, um, and, uh. But back in the day, nobody was doing it. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, it was this, it was the thing that, it, that we got the most flack about was, you know, nobody's going to want to put their, their actual true life next to, um, pictures of boobs. Like, right. that's crazy. Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah. And so. Yeah.
1: Because the men's magazines at the time, you know, they like, it was all stories, right? Was all, like, I mean.
0: It was all fake. That's
1: what I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. It was all made up. Yeah. You know, about this. Tawny
0: loves per- candy and right. she loves, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, she likes to go on long walks in the woods with her dog. And yeah,
1: like someone wrote that. Yeah. She had nothing to do with that story, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe she did like to go on walks in the woods with her dog, but she, she certainly didn't put that. That wasn't her right. own words. Yeah.
1: Did people believe it? Like, uh, so if you, you know, if you grew up reading these magazines with all this made up stuff mm-hmm. and then you see this site that's got real stories like was there a point did, did people get it right away
0: i think so we launched on september 3rd 2001 and interesting
1: timing yeah
0: and um you know people we'd kind of grown a, a pop like a um an awareness around Portland. So people were starting to propagate it with, you know, and the girls were putting their own stories and the members yeah. also had blogs where mm-hmm. they could keep share their, th- their thoughts and feelings. And then, um, uh, so it was starting to grow slowly and people were starting to get it. And then September 11th happened. And, um, instead of being like this negative omen, it ended up being this crazy positive thing where people could share like just the yeah. the harrowing loss and like the, the total, you know, everybody felt so alone and so, like, their whole world was fucked up. And so they could share that and connect with people that were going through the same thing. And um, it really helped to build up the community um, because people had a place where they could come together.
1: Sure. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, So, you know, like, that's so interesting because, I, you know, I'd almost expect there to be some... Sort of skepticism, like, uh, just you know, is this a like? I just wonder, do people have, uh, have trouble figuring out where to put it? Like, is this a porn site? Is it a community site? Like in your brain, you know? I, so I'm just curious. Like, was that a? Did you have to kind of go through that with people, or did they did yeah. they just get it?
0: Well, no, <laughs> I mean, I feel like nobody got it. Nobody understood what it was, and the fact that. They were putting these naked images up online. Automatically, it just had to go into the porn category for people because sure. there was that was the only thing that the internet was for was right. porn, you yeah. know. And um, you know, I really saw it as um, the images are designed to showcase um, how each girl feels beautiful about herself, um, as opposed to how the photographer wants to frame out the world, which is what ninety nine point nine percent of photography in the world is sure. it's about photographer and their vision and the model is 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 superfluous you Mm -hmm. know it's a prop exactly
1: yeah
0: and so um you know in in really trying to display how the girls feel sexy about themselves or feel most beautiful um you know i i saw the platform of the internet as a way to to carry on that by giving the girls a platform to share their thoughts and feelings to make it more about them and to, to create something a new type of art, a new mm-hmm. type of, of self expression. And um, you know, I so it that's in in and of itself seems super antithetical to porn to me. Sure, <laughs> But um I quickly learned that everybody was just like, Oh, so it's a porn site, so you're doing porn. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, not really. That's not
1: Did that have um implications for you personally?
0: Um it was it was hard to like just reconcile, but it was also um hard even from a business perspective because everybody that was like, you know, looking at it for the porn site aspect of it was sorely disappointed because right. you know, it's just nudity. It's right. not anything that's um that's graphic and at the yeah. time in two thousand one if you were a porn site on the internet you were trying to be as graphic as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, so we were this team, team site for porn, and which we didn't even want to be, you know, we didn't want to be associated in that, in that realm at all, and um, it wasn't really, because it was on the internet, which was this sort of, like, new kid platform, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't considered art, and it wasn't, there wasn't any other community site on, online, so people, it was just floating in its own category, and people didn't really yeah. understand where, where, what it was, or...
1: So when you, when you do that, I mean, again, you know, we sit here now and there's, you know, millions of fans around the world, you know, on, on your site, on Facebook, on Instagram, like, you, you know, it really, it really is an empire. Yeah, um, there's
0: like 20 million social network followers.
1: Yeah. Um, so how much of that was the vision from the beginning? Like you and Sean sat there over a cup of coffee, like, was this like, I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. you didn't know we're going to have, you know, 6 million people on Facebook, right? which didn't exist at the time. But
0: if it was, then perhaps I would have started
1: Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But, but like, you know, how big was the vision when you started?
0: I mean, the vision was that we saw this potential in the internet as a, as a platform to like bring people together because we'd both, you know, been on message boards in the past and like. We'd worked on like community sort of sites and saw like the the very like like the the nugget of, of something happening. And so we you know, we felt like this was a place that people could come together and like if you were to, to create a place that um people who felt outside the norm could come and hang out and and have as their like sort of home online mm-hmm. and um you know, if there's like three people that feel like you in your small town and there's three people in every small town in the world, that's an impressive number. And like, yeah. you're, you're likely to create cool things and meet, meet amazing people and um, change your life. And so we, you know, we had the, the grand vision of it, like being um, something that, that people could use to, to come together, but we didn't see it happening exactly as it has Sure. You
1: know, yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder, cause you know, like it
0: felt like a pipe dream a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, the startup world now is like all about the pivot, mm-hmm. right? And it's all about this idea that, you know, you're going to start and you don't know what's going to happen and you, and so, and, and so they, you know, that world has worked really hard to kind of get people in that mindset that things are just going to change no matter what you think.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so was that like, uh, I mean, is that how you saw the business unfolding? Is this like series of pivots or, or was it more sort of natural than that?
0: I mean, I feel like we had a very true vision from the beginning and like held true to our ideals. Like I think that it, our vision for starting it was the same as it is today. And, yeah. um, and that we've adapted to the new technologies and like, the way that people are using the site and like, uh, we, but we've always had um, the community input and like mm-hmm. what how people want to do things or what they want to see, we've always take, taken into um, account and tried to accommodate it. So um, I don't see it as like a series of strategical pivots. Right. You know, I feel like it's more like a clear-cut path that adapts to this living organism that we
1: created in yeah. the community. Yeah. So what about... Um, you know, now we're 15 years later, the entire landscape's changed, obviously. Um, yeah. You know, like your competition's changed, your, you know, your place in the world has changed. And I think, you know, it you s- sounds like you set out to start a, a conversation that wasn't really being had at scale, right? It was being had in small towns and, you know, in yeah. bedrooms and in coffee shops, right? And so you allowed that to really flourish and happen in a more public venue. Um, Do you think about how the need for what you do has changed? Um, Or is it still the same mission?
0: I think that it's still the same mission that, you know, celebrating uh, how the woman feels beautiful about herself. And like, I feel like it's, um, the message has evolved kind of as, um, Know, people are more accepting of tattoos these days people are more accepting of you know like feminism is a big um is a big topic sure you know where we've got a strong candidate for a potential female president you yeah. know um and uh, i feel like it's uh it's definitely an, an evolution um in that sense um but i still think that there's uh there's still quite a place for um there's still a lot more that we can go with it with the same vision and the same, um, same messaging.
1: Yeah. I'm curious, like how much, you know, I mean, it, it certainly has become much more topical. Um, and, and even, you know, in the, in the brand world with, um, uh, you know, whether it's dove or sports illustrated, right? Like more mainstream entities are starting to recognize this broader, definition of beauty, mm-hmm.
0: um, which is amazing. Um, but there's still so much far, farther to go. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, I get emails every day from girls that from around the world that say that they didn't feel beautiful until they saw the girls on suicide girls that looked like, that looked like them and that, yeah. um, that the girls in, in the images not only were being, you know, celebrated by others as being beautiful, but in their like you can tell in their faces that they feel Mm-hmm. beautiful and so and that how, how that impacted everybody's life and um it's uh there's still I, I feel like, you know, it's it's great that Sports Illustrated and Dove and, and you know, companies are starting to, to um to portray more more real women and more um just more diverse range of, of beauty. Um but there's still so much more <laughs> that can be done.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: And yeah. I feel like it's, it's even, it's like intrinsic to, um, to the way that, that women grow up and like, mm-hmm. there's so much more that women need to know, you know, just like to feel beautiful and to not have like this sort of like lesser than or feeling of, um, having their, their, uh, you know, their particular hangups be the thing that, um, that defines them instead of the things that make them great.
1: Sure. So how important is that feedback for you? Like, like in fueling your energy, you know, when you, when you see these comments from, from people, is it like, is that necessary for you?
0: Um, it, it definitely is validating and, um, it, uh, it, it keeps me going. (laughs) Yeah. It, in, it keeps me inspired to keep doing more and keep pushing more boundaries and keep doing as much as I can to make uh, to make a difference and make an impact and mm-hmm. um, you know it just uh, I think that I would still be doing what I'm doing but having that, that feedback um, just makes me more passionate sure and trying different mediums and like to to express the message and yeah and all that.
1: We had a guest on recently, um, this comedian, Brandon Wardell. I don't know if you know Brandon, but he he talked about the dangers of um, only paying attention to the positive comments and kind of just tuning out the haters. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I'm sure you guys get a lot of both, I would imagine. Yes. Um,
0: Mainly on social media, but... (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) But, yeah, our community tends to be pretty supportive. I mean, they tell me what is up. Like if there's something that they're not happy with, they'll definitely let me know.
1: What's been something that they've helped steer you in the right direction?
0: Um, everything from like the way that groups are handled to, uh, um, to chat on the site to, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, the, the community tells us which girls become suicide girls. They have a, a, a say in that. Yeah. Um, And so the community is really vocal and really active, but they're really respectful too at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like it's, which is kind of rare because (laughs) like Instagram, you can't post a photo with your grandmother without getting, you know, her called a slag or whatever. It's like, people are just awful. Yeah. Fucking awful online. Totally. And, um, they, uh, um, and, but on suicide girls, people post naked photos of themselves and there's rarely like one comment that's, Semi unsupportive, you uh-huh. know, like, sure. Um, and uh, so I feel like that is that's great, but I mean, we do read all the the hater stuff too, yeah.
2: Um,
0: and I feel like it's it's important to to see, but um, see the haters, but I feel like for the most part, it's noise, you know, like it's
1: how do you so how do you filter, how do you know what to pay attention to and what to ignore?
0: Um, it's it's interesting because like, like we do Facebook streaming now, um, live streams. Yeah. And, uh, the other day I did one and like, like there were haters that like, that called out like the specific things that I was insecure about. Like, like your eyebrows, what's up with those? Like, and I was like, fuck, man, <laughs> Right. I, I, I didn't do my eyebrows.
2: About you? Today. Yeah. Oh, and it was, like, yeah.
0: it was like, it was like, ah. Oh like they they just know how to somehow hone in on the things that you're the most insecure about. Sure. Um and so it's hard to filter that out, but at the same time it's like you know, you can kind of in retrospect it's like you can say like okay, well you you know that you didn't do your eyebrows good today. Right. <laughs> like and By the way, your
1: eyebrows are great today.
0: <laughs> Thanks. Um and uh and uh you can, you know, you can do better and like just use that as something that like there's always some sort of kernel of truth in the hater speech, yeah. for the most part. I mean, some people are just dicks, but sure. Like, you know. So,
1: so what have you heard? That, like, do you ever hear something that makes you question, you know, the mission or the or like what you're doing? No, no,
0: <laughs> no, never. No, in
1: 15 years, never.
0: Mm, I mean, I've had like periods of self doubt where sure. like. The internet has been really mean to me. Um, but, you know, for the most part, like there was a whole thing like 10 years ago about how I wasn't feminist and like how I shouldn't use the word feminist and all this. And I was like, right. you know, it's something that's so personal to so many women. And like it it's um, and it, it made me feel like, OK, well, maybe I shouldn't say feminist. Maybe I shouldn't be like, you know, saying it out loud. Maybe I shouldn't you know even though that's how i feel but maybe i don't want to offend other people by pushing my ideals out there and um you know it took a long time for me to to be able to to own you know what it what it is i'm doing and like that what i am doing is is a feminist ideal and um you know that just because uh, that our bodies are such an intrinsic part of our who we are and to to deny you know, our sexuality and to deny our, um, it, it, it just, it robs us of so much power and so much, it, it just makes things, you have so many hangups and so much like baggage. And so, yeah, you know, to embrace it and to, to be tuned with it is, um, is so much more empowering than to feel shameful of it. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, it took actually speaking in front of a, a UCLA uh, women's Studies group for me to feel like, wow, fuck yeah, I am feminist.
1: You That's know? a hardcore audience. I, it I, was. <laughs> I, I know some of those you uh, UCLA yeah. women's Studies.
0: And it was like right on the heels of like all of that, where I was like, I'm not. I shouldn't feel like right. I can say that I'm feminist. And
1: what was the, but I what and did, did it? What was the feedback from them that um, that helped?
0: There were girls in there that were that said that, that you know that they that the body positivity and that. Um, they felt uh, that they felt empowered by by the body positivity message and that, you know, it shouldn't be we shouldn't be separate. And mm-hmm. It, you know, like just feeling like the embrace of other women that were studying, you sure. know, women's studies yeah. um, helped to just bolster my confidence. Yeah. So thanks, women's studies class <laughs> at UCLA.
1: <laughs> so at the same time, you have this tribe of suicide girls that you lead. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, that, you know. They look to you in some ways, um, and and I and I would imagine they support you in some way, right? That there's this give and take, yeah, with that community.
0: Yeah, I've learned so much from so many of the women. I yeah. mean, I think if you ask any suicide girl what her favorite part about being a suicide girl is, and she'll say the friendships that she's made. Yeah, um, because it is—it's such a rare supportive community. Because you know, her whole, her whole basis is that you know every woman is beautiful, and that. That, so it takes away the competition that was dominant. I feel like mm-hmm. in society more, um, more so like fifteen years ago. But or maybe I'm just insulated by my core group of awesome suicide girls that I don't have to deal with other women. But, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, and that,
1: I imagine that insulation is probably important.
0: Yeah, but you know, is there? It's. I just get so much love and so much support from so many of the women and like they share their crazy awesome stories, you know, like one of the girls is an MMA fighter in Italy and one of the girls is a lawyer in Brooklyn. And like, it's just like, there's just so many, you know, there's an architect in, in uh, Australia. And like they just have so many cool, interesting stories about how they got to where they are and and, um, they're so unabashedly themselves and proud and confident of, of, all of their decisions and you know it hasn't hindered them in in any way in their mm-hmm. careers and it's um, it's just it's so inspiring
1: big shout out to our sponsors at wix.com thank you to wix for supporting the rebel radio show and the rest of you you need a website for your business your personal portfolio whatever your hustle is you need a site that you can send around. You don't need to spend a bunch of money hiring a designer, a coder, all that stuff. Just go to Wix.com. There's hundreds of templates you can choose from. It's real easy to customize, drop in all your images, your text, all that stuff. And the result is a great looking website that you made yourself for free and it's fast and easy. So save a bunch of time, money and all that. Get it done. There's no credit card required and none of that hassle. You can get your website live today, Wix.com. W-i-x.com. So you talked a little bit about the beginning in September 11th and all that, and um, when when did you when did you feel that you had that that it was working that you made it?
0: I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of an like a not negative, but like a, like cautious person. Okay. (laughs) And so I feel like, um, that's one of the things that I'm trying to work on in life is just celebrating like the small victories because I don't know. One of the things that I've realized is that there's never like that moment where everything changes and where your life is like, it's all set. Like even when, even when things happen that are super fucking cool, you have like, um, it takes a lot of work to maintain or to actually implement so what, them.
1: So what's one, so what's something early that you're like, this is super fucking cool.
0: Um, being on nightline. Yeah. Was amazing. Um,
1: yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, that was
0: like three months in. So, Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. It was like, that was like,
1: and the story was positive generally.
0: It was generally positive. I mean, they were, that was the first time that I was really asked the porn question and I was oh, like yeah. thrown for a loop a little bit by it, but, yeah. um, for the most part, it was, you know, uh, it was a cool experience. Like yeah. Ted Koppel, like dude, yeah. Ted Koppel, <laughs> you know, sure. like he could pretty much call me. Is you he know? a
1: member of? the site? <laughs> I don't know if you can talk about. I
0: don't, I don't. Is he still alive?
1: I don't know. I don't if know. Ted Koppel's still alive, call in. <laughs> we want to hear from you. Um, <laughs>
0: um, but um, but yeah. So that was one thing that was really cool. And then like, I mean, I was on CSI New York as myself. Oh, wow. Like that's it's badass. pretty, yeah, that's pretty With amazing. Um, CSI New York.
1: Oh, I don't know what show I see.
0: I don't know either. There's like three or four. That's a good one. Yeah. CSI. Yeah. Um, but, but as yeah, yourself, as my, that's pretty Playing badass. myself, like in a story that was written about suicide girls. Like, yeah. That it was. That's so cool. It was super, super cool and like doused in blood and like it was crazy. Nice. Um, but yeah. So.
1: so so I get it, right? That it just sort of you know, shit just can kinda keeps going. Yeah. But is there so what happens like the day after nightline? Like, does it is the game different?
0: No. No. You have to like Same keep thing. working. Yeah. yeah. It's it's always work. And even after like CSI, like it's like, okay, so the script is written and then you've gotta like arrange to have the girls fly out and like right. you know, coordinate all of that sure. and then like you know, you've got to do the, the filming and, like, be on set. And, like, and then it airs and, like, you, there, we got a ton more attention. But it wasn't, like, you know, like, everything in the world changed for us, you know, at that point. And that, right? you know.
1: Uh, do you think about, uh, like, how, okay, we have this show coming up. You know, I'm on CSI. Like, you know, what's our strategy? How are we going to capitalize on this? How are we going to get more subscribers or, like. What is the, you know, what's the business? I mean, for sure,
0: that? every, like, on every opportunity we have to think about, you know, how to how to capitalize on it and how yeah. to, um, and it's different for everything, but. Um, is
1: there one thing that you've done from a marketing perspective that really stands out as having, <clears throat> had the biggest impact?
0: I mean, uh, embracing social media has been yeah. crazy good for us. Yeah. Um. And I feel like that was a decision early on, whether, you know, people were like, oh, you know, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be on it. It's like competition, you know? And I was like, no, it's, it's great. If people are going to be spending more time online, you know, they, they should know about our community if, and if it interests them, then they'll become members. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, just embracing that and like, you know, the, the whole boats floating theory, like the more tide rising or. I don't I don't really know what it is, but if the more the more boats are in the ocean, the more tide is rising, the more yes. people everything is floating about and <laughs> there's fish in there's the sea. There's some floating and, in it, right. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. you know the boats.
1: Yes. The boat um, thing.
0: The boat thing. Um and uh you know that might f-
1: be our first nautical reference <laughs> on the shot. It's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Um
2: one. <laughs>
0: One for me. But, uh, but yeah, just embracing social media and like, you know, every, every new social media that comes out, we, we have um, a strategy for like, you know, Periscope were like the number two or three followed account. Yeah. Um, And, (coughs) and, and, you know, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Tumblr, you know, like we, we just, come up with different ways to utilize each one based on how the community there is, is absorbing information. And, um, it's been a pretty good strategy so far.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because the more people that, cause our, our community is niche and it is something that appeals to a limited, you know, not, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when people discover it and find it, then, um, then they embrace it and they want to be a part of it and they want to be, um, they don't want to have to deal with the the fuck me dude on Instagram, you know, like, right. they, want to, they yeah. want to come in like, um, and have nice comments and like have discussions about everything from vegan cooking to politics to, um, hip hop music to, mm-hmm. um, David Bowie dying to whatever it is that they want to talk about with people that get it, not, yeah. you know,
1: have you watched, has the music changed? Like I, you know, Visually, you know, you tend to associate the site with, like, you know, punk rock or alternative. Um,
0: I mean, I feel like everybody kind of, in this day and age, everybody listens to a little bit of everything. I mean, I feel like that was kind of the case back then, too. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, when we started the site, it was a post-John Hughes world, where not everybody identified themselves with the subculture, subgenre of music that they listen to. You Mm -hmm. know, it's not like... I'm a punk rocker, I'm a raver, I'm you right. know like it, but back in the 80s that was how people defined themselves. Absolutely. Um and I feel like, you know, like my favorites were, you know, uh Ice Cube, Elvis Costello, the Pixies and Dolly Parton, you know, and like That's a great tour. <laughs> yeah. It's good that, good lineup. That is a good lineup, right?
1: Yeah.
0: I feel like that would be the positivity tour.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Suicide Girls tour. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll open for you guys if you guys want to go out. Nice. We'll even do it for free. <laughs>
1: that's, that's cool. That's cool. Ice Cube
2: with a Lynx mob. I got it going on. A nigga that's living in the city of a criminal zone. One time can't keep the law in order. Because everybody's going crazy to a quarter. You're tuned in to the number one crew in the area.
1: The way I'm talking on.
0: But uh, the, uh, yeah, and so I feel like the music has evolved and musical tastes have evolved. But, like, you know, David Bowie was huge and shocking death you know, sure. this year. But Fife Dog was also, you know, big, had a big impact on yeah. a lot of people's lives. And um, it was, you know, heartbreaking as well.
1: What is the impact? Because, you know, as a, a teen from the 80s, when we definitely identified ourselves by genre um, i'm always fascinated with you know now that that's gone away like how do people organize their identity
0: i feel like it's more um it's more uh, compartmentalized because people could be into like you could be into superman comic books and uh Adventure Time and Invader Zim and uh, you could love Little Wayne and love uh, I don't know who. Why am I drawing blank? Any like number of alternative bands, sure. <laughs> and then um, or like indie bands, and then um, and that's that's like you. You're you're allowed to be more of a, a unique sort mm-hmm. of free-floating thing, and you can connect with other people that share those specific interests, but they don't have to share every interest Mm. anymore. And I feel like, you know, as a society, we're becoming more accepting of people because, like, we can relate on those granular levels. Sure. Um, And we don't have to have everything else be the same. Like, whereas I feel like, you know, back in the 80s, it was like large swaths of yeah. like you know like either you fit in this group or you fit in this group and Absolutely. there's no no mixing and no no in-betweens and um you know I feel like now people are are being more accepting and um you know I think that the internet has a lot to do with that and um, both through social media and just through the um the access to um just more people on the mm-hmm. planet and like mm-hmm. um and just, noticing that the differences are shrinking and that, um, they don't matter as much.
1: So what do you think that means for, <clears throat> for brands and, and media, right? Like, you know, I think back then it was easy for brands to say, so you know,
0: who, their, who their tribe was,
1: right. You know, and, and media, right. We could be the magazine for this and the, you know, the website for that. And now that there's so much more nuance to it, how, do, how does that change that landscape?
0: I feel like it's um, it's better. I mean, there's more data this, these days than there was, you know. Yeah. Like in the previous 100 years of advertising, like there's more data in like one day now than right. the previous 100 years.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, it allows us to um, to target people directly based on their interest and not necessarily like, um, and to, to get them on what they're interested in as opposed to like just having this like campaign of like, total relatability like the the Coke campaign or you mm-hmm. know the Polaroid campaign or whatever you know like these things that were like these broad everybody had a childhood everybody can remember the the magic of childhood memories right, sure. or you know yeah. whatever and like um i feel like now it's like well we don't need everybody we just need the people that are going to want to be in our community and the people yeah. that are going to want to um, to participate and um, the ninety nine percent don't matter if we can get the one percent.
1: So how? D-
0: and I feel like it allows like that one percent. while if it was one percent of a single, uh, single population, it, it is still fairly insignificant. But once you consider one percent of the world, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody's connected these days, yeah. um, it it has much more of an impact.
1: Interesting. Um, you know, you you said something about. You know, you're, you're not for everybody, and I think those brands you just referenced that like they, tr- you know, they they try to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, have you had to kind of rein that in? Or is there a temptation along the way to start thinking we can broaden
0: no. beyond
1: our base? Or
0: I mean, our name is Suicide Girls. Yeah, like, it just eliminates a population yeah. of like a portion of the population just without us having to do anything. You yeah. know, sure. Like, your grandmother is never going to be like, oh, I saw Suicide Girls the other day, and that was a really fun photo set, you know? Right. Like, it just, it, it is what it is.
1: Yeah, that helps, I'm sure. Yeah. And what about uh, the perceptions to, to about tattoos have changed so dramatically since you guys started?
0: They have, and I feel like um, the... Uh, the embracing of tattoos is, is positive for um, for everybody. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's it's great for us because people see it as, as more of it's not a negative anymore. Right. But, um, you know, the whole point of a tattoo to me is that it's, it's a marker in time of, like, some memory or something so that you're marking on the inside what's going on or on the outside what's going on on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so... They're not meant to be things that you're like, I'm always going to like butterflies and so I'm going to always get a butterfly. Right. That's the one thing that I know that I'm never going to change. And that's the thing that I'm going to have forever and be stoked on. Yeah. You know, it's not, you don't have to think in those grand terms. It's like, you know, I'm 20 years old and I'm having the time of my life and I feel free and I'm happy and I saw a butterfly across the street the other day and I want to remember that that moment forever. And so I'm going to get a butterfly tattoo yeah And in twenty years you can be like, you know I've outgrown butterflies, but like they're still you know but that that memory of like being twenty and having that that moment is forever indelibly put on my body.
1: Sure. I wonder, you know I have a c- couple of friends in the tattoo removal business, <laughs> and I wonder um, if,
0: if they would say the same thing.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I wonder if I mean uh, one of them kind of you know told me his vision. Is a world in which tattoos are t- are temporary, right? That they you can put them on and take them off at will. Yeah. Um, that obviously supports his business, but <laughs> but that's why he started it because he thinks that that should happen, right?
0: Yeah. That um, you can they can just be. I mean, that it can be that moment,
1: and maybe when that moment's over, you know, the tattoo goes.
0: Well, eventually, if you mark every moment, you're going to run out of space, right. And need to start again. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where the tattoo removal comes in. Sure. But. I mean, I think that if you're selective with your, if you, you can use your Instagram to mark most moments, but the ones right. that are extra special, you mark on your body, yeah. you should have enough, there should be enough real estate for a lifetime. Yeah. And as you get older, you get a little bit more real estate. So.
1: Sure. <laughs> so it's always been, you know, kind of counterculture. I was just talking to somebody, you know, guys, my age, uh, we all got our ears pierced mm-hmm. and, you know, in high school, that was just a thing. And, you know, our parents were all shocked. And then 10 years later, I don't think parents were shocked anymore, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, everyone started getting tattoos. Like, you know, when I was in high school, zero people had tattoos. Um, yeah,
0: it's definitely not par for the course. No,
1: certainly. And, uh, and it, you know, so it was very much countercultural and this, this um, it was an act of rebellion to some extent. And, you know, that obviously I think has changed quite a bit uh, when you see them every day. And...
0: I mean, they still think that it's an act of rebellion, but it's more personal rebellion. Like it's more,
2: <clears throat>
0: I don't know, I feel like they're more significant to people these days. Like that they, it's its more of like, like when you're full of teen angst and like, and you just want to show the world what is going on inside of your head. Right and you can mark it on your body and like have that. It's a a little bit of a release and like, it's a little bit of, you know, it's, it's rebellion, but it's, it's sort of like controlled rebellion and like in a positive sort of way. Sure. And then when you're, you know, 30 and you want to get it taken off because you're no longer that teen angsty person, you don't want to be reminded of that. You can go see your friend.
1: Yeah, sure. (laughs) So I just wonder, you know, what, um, Cause there's this idea that those things need to escalate right and uh, you know you could say the same thing about the the porn business right that you know what was shocking when Hugh Hefner was doing it you know is like that has to continue I
0: don't even see what Hugh Hefner as porn I mean, well
1: but he was at the time it was considered porn right we may have not Considered it that, but certainly in the 60s, 70s, right? It,
0: uh, yeah, I, I seems so more of like an, an of it, like it's more of an artistic expression, I feel like. So
1: because what I mean, and it, so, okay. Is, I may have the terminology yeah. wrong, but I guess what I'm saying is like, to some extent, all these things are about pushing boundaries.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Right. And then once those boundaries are pushed they're no longer boundaries. Mm -hmm. Right. And so,
0: so where do we go if we're in a society with no boundaries?
1: Well, or, you know, again, like, like I think, um, uh, so, you know, all, well, I was starting to say like guys, my age all got their ears pierced. Guys, 10, 20 years younger than me don't get their ears pierced anymore Mm -hmm. because it's no longer a thing. Right. It's, it's something, you know, it might be something your dad has and that's like no (laughs) longer cool. Right. Or it's, or it's uh, or it's at least not shocking. And I'm not saying the only reason people do that is to shock other people. There's obviously we're much more complex yeah. than that, right? But, but as certain things start to lose their shock value, they either kind of fade away or there's the next level, right?
0: I mean, I feel like it's an evolution, like, that is of society more as a whole. I mean, like, think about, like, the 60s and, like, how the kids rebelled against their parents back then, like, right. long hair and, like— Yeah. You know, and, um, wanting to be individuals and like free love and not conform and not join the, not wear a suit and tie and not, um, not join. And like the evolution of that is like, you're in a hoodie and jeans and you're at work, you know, and I'm in a a, much nicer sweater. (laughs) I'm in an old man sweater and like, and jeans and like tennis shoes, you know, like it's not, um, sure. You know, and it's uh I'm I had a no meeting dress. with a banker the
1: other day, and he yeah. was wearing a, a t shirt and jeans
0: exactly like yeah. it's it's that's an evolution where it just became a part of society right and so I feel like you know there's uh certain things that get the boundaries get pushed um and they they kind of recoil a little bit, but mm-hmm. there's certain things that just have an impact on society and allow us to like move into a different stage.
1: So I guess my question is, what does that mean for suicide girls? Does suicide girls continue to explore the redefining beauty Mm -hmm. or does suicide girls, or is there a danger that it becomes associated with this one particular look?
0: I feel like, you know, we've, we have girls, we've always had girls that like, had tons of tattoos, face tattoos, and girls that had zero tattoos. Yeah, and so like from the the day that we launched, we had a girl that had face tattoos and a girl that had zero tattoos. Yeah, so okay. Um, you know, I feel like we're about redefining beauty and self expression, and like, I feel like, you know, where that how that's going to look in fifteen years, I would be a fool to say, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but um, but I think that you know, staying true to your message is is the core of everything. And like, it's the most important, like it's what I would caution people that are, you know, in the, in that pivot space. Like you can pivot to, to adjust to, to what your community or what your market is, is requiring, but you have to stay true to your core values. Otherwise you don't have a, a business. You don't right. have a core.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So how do you make those decisions? You know, as, as the site grew, like I said, you got into books and movies and TV and touring and all these sort of Uh, different businesses ancillary yeah and um and I imagine you know at a certain point opportunities just start kind of coming to you um yeah how do you decide what fits and and what's outside of the core
0: it's I mean I feel like it's uh that I'm a member of the community and then I'm I've always been very active in it and like that I I I let it inform me and like you know, we've been approached for everything from pillowcases to uh, wine to popsicles, and like you know, nice. And and there's we just don't do certain things because it doesn't. What fit flavor in the,
1: popsicle would you do?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think uh-huh. that it was. I think we had options, but okay. I think probably probably black. But oh yeah. I don't like, know. Black cherry, maybe. Or, oh,
1: black cherry. It's mm-hmm. good.
0: Yeah, but um, and like lollipops and all kinds uh-huh. of like. Just stuff that is, um, yeah. it's just exploitative of the brand, and we've, right. we've always tried to make sure that it is natural and coming from the community within and that it's something that, a product that the community would use. And while our community, I'm not saying they don't like candy or they don't like, you know, pillowcases. Everybody mm-hmm. sleeps with the pillowcase. Um, if you don't, you're just gross. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it's not something that they need to have Suicide Girls branded it's not something right. that has that necessarily that tie in where you're like, oh, yeah, that fits like that's something that's, right. that works. And so
1: are those hard decisions to make? I mean, you know, you're you're essentially leaving money on the table, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it is. But at the same time, it's not destroying the core brand. And yeah. that's, you know, if you take all the all the small money around it, you're losing the big money of of the brand. Yeah. In destroying that.
1: So you know we were talking earlier about about Playboy and I think they're a good example of taking all the wrong money along the way. Yeah. Um, and we, you know we've seen them struggle probably multiple times. Well, in the 90s, in the,
0: they sold off all of their um, all right. of their branding to to make all those crazy products. That, yeah. Like, yeah,
1: know, and a certain get point, get their energy drinks their core them. business became you know selling sweatpants and cheap jewelry to fourteen year old girls. Yeah. And um, that's, Probably not, not the vision. No. Um, so I guess w- what I'm curious is, I don't know if that's one of them, but are there other businesses that you follow as models or as kind of cautionary?
0: Cautionary tales? Yeah. Um, I feel like, who do we look to? Playboy, we look to um, Maxim to some extent. Um. And, uh, and like Victoria's Secret and stuff mm. like that. And, um, and even like, uh, Sports Illustrated to some extent, um, just because, uh, it's not their core, but the, the swimsuit model is, sure. it's a side business.
1: It's pretty important for them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and Although none
1: of those brands get community the way that you guys do.
0: It's true, I mean, and I feel like that's what Playboy was attempting to implement mm. a bit more of, um, in there with their sort of revamp, mm-hmm. um, of of late. But yeah. um, I, don't know, I heard that they're selling. I don't know what it's.
1: Yeah, I think I heard that. Um, I don't I'm, know
0: this the details, so I don't want uh, to.
1: Yeah, I we can just make up shit. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe you guys will buy them yeah um
0: they're, they're selling for uh popsicles right yes to a popsicle company
1: absolutely <laughs> um yeah I thought it was interesting when i you know I read that they're doing away with nudity um
0: yeah, I feel like that was a slap in the face to women, like I feel like so for so many decades, playboy was you know the the um this sort of bastion of acceptable beauty, you know, that, and like, I mean, while it had a limited view of, of what was uh, like the female ideal, it was Mm -hmm. still, you know, saying that there was nothing wrong with your bodies and that you should embrace it. And like, it had a very healthy view of sexuality and it was progressive and it had, um, you know, it, it was not afraid to, to pair, you know, literary thought along with the nudity and like, Mm -hmm. um, and it, it just, it had this, uh, this embracing of, of your body and, and that your sexuality wasn't something to be ashamed of. And for them to then say that nudity was not a part of what they were all about anymore is it's kind of a slap in the face to women, I feel like.
1: That's a really interesting perspective. I mean, I, I didn't, I never, that didn't occur to me, um, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah, you like, know, what
0: like we, we've built our brand on you and now yeah, you're not good enough.
1: Right. It's really interesting. Um, I just took it that like, this is their ultimate statement that they've just lost their way because, you know, although I, I got that what, uh, what they did is not unique anymore the way it was when they started, but that's Mm -hmm. the way business goes. But I feel like if that's not your brand, then you don't really have a brand. Exactly. Like they haven't come up with some other thing to really replace that.
0: Yeah, I mean their brand was built on, you know, all of the amazing interviews and like and sure. book previews and like
1: yeah,
2: reporting but, and all of that, but, as but well I, as like the women. Sure. Yeah.
0: And I feel like they they kind of tamed down both aspects of right.
1: it. Right. Yeah. And you can get that stuff elsewhere. Yeah. Right. You just couldn't get that combination anywhere else. Right. But you can get kind of either Except part. For on suicide girls. That's right. Um, How do you, uh, how do you make time running a company (laughs) and raising a family? Um, how do you make time to, to be an active participant in the community the way you described?
0: Um, I feel like I take, you know, two days a week where I do the feature feed on the front page and like go through the community and like see what's going on and like, uh, it, and comment on things and uh, be active and like if I just take those two days, then I can. And I, I mean, I'm involved in other decisions, sure. <laughs> you know, that come up, like yeah. messages or emails or things that happen, you know, throughout the week. But um, being like taking the consciously making an effort to be tied into the community at least two, two or three days a week is important.
1: That's amazing. So um, as a business owner, right, and you've gone from two people to 12. 12 people. It's big. It's still pretty yeah. tight. It's good. Still, yeah. Um, but still, you know, so so I imagine you've had to evolve um, your style and be willing to kind of let things go. Yes. How's that been? What's What's been the hardest?
0: The hardest part about, I mean, I feel like being... A manager is, you know, kind of like being a parent in the way that like each phase is is hard. Right. Like giving up. Yeah. E- each phase has its own um, its own challenges, and like at first, you know, I was so meticulous that like all the shop orders that would come in when we first started the company, I would tie up with a ribbon and write a handwritten thank you note to, to every person that supported us, and like uh-huh. make sure that everything was packaged properly and like that every quality control on all of the merch and like, sure. And spend like hours on every email and like, just make sure that everything was top notch. And then when it just became overwhelming to, to right. run everything yeah. that way, you know, having people come in and like, um, having the quality sort of not degrade entirely, but just not be that sort of yeah. obsessive, crazy person level yeah. <laughs> of perfection. Sure. Um, you know, that was hard to, to give up. Um, I'm self-taught. And so explaining my process and like when I'm asked, like, why, why do you do it that way? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't fucking know. I just do it that right. way. That's the way it works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I don't have like that teacher background. And so that was very hard to like, yeah, to be able to just take a step back and like be like, okay, this is not a challenge. This is, they're just interested in like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, and like using it as a moment to like have self-reflection and be like, I don't know why I do it that way. This is the way that's worked for me. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, then there've been, I mean, there's, there's so many challenges of like mentoring people and like, um, we hire girls from within the community to work for us for the most part, because, you know, both Sean and I dropped out of college and, um, we feel like with enough training and opportunity, you know, anybody can do anything that they set their mind to. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we, we, for 90% of the jobs we hire girls that are models on the site. And, Mm -hmm. um, so that has, you know, had its challenges and like, um, it's been incredibly rewarding when there's, you know, uh, super successes and there's been, it's been, you know, some, there's been some disappointments and some heartaches when things don't work out the way that, that you had a vision for.
1: If you were making that, if you're starting now, would you still do it that way?
0: I think so. I think that it's I think that it's important to to be able to take it back. And I mean I feel like it's kept us smaller probably than if we'd taken V C and like had blown it up, but at at the same time like I don't think that I would be doing it fifteen years later.
2: Yeah.
0: You know. If we'd done it differently. And I feel like um it's you know, when I was originally working for all of the dot coms and you know, seeing all the crazy VC and crazy um, money that came in and having everything, like, uh, just turn over so quick and, like, billions of dollars, like, just disappear, poof. And, like, nobody cared. And, like, that was was an important lesson to me because I was like, I don't want to just be, like, rich and, like, and not have to work. I want to do something that I'm passionate about, and like yeah. something that, something that I love. And um. And so, you know, I made a conscious choice to continue doing the stuff that I love, and not to be, you know. Fat cow. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Or I guess what is it? What's the word for fat like, cat? Fat cat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really bad with analogies. No, I like it. I like the
1: mixed uh, the mixed analogies. It's better. Yeah, <laughs> anyone can use the regular ones.
0: <laughs> Anybody can use the right ones. Right, make up your own. They're much better when you, yeah, exactly. it's like tattoos. Like that's right. You just have to express yourself.
1: That's right. Pick and um, choose. I so like
0: cows better than cats anyway. So
1: <laughs> yeah, cows are way better.
0: Yeah, yeah. They've got doughy, big brown eyes and no, like eyelashes and they stuff. They give
1: milk and cheese. It,
0: they give cheese, which yeah. is
1: cheese is pretty important. And ice cream. Right. <laughs> So, uh, you talked about, um, an early mentor.
2: Uh
1: Um, have you had other mentors along the way and like, who's taught you stuff that's really important?
0: Um, well, I mean, I think Dave was huge. Um, Dave, what'd you learn from Dave? I mean, Dave Goldberg was just, he taught me that to believe in people and to like believe in the ideas and let you know, if you have a good idea and you work hard enough that you can make anything happen. Um, and, uh, he passed away a year ago, I think. Mm. And it was, that was devastating because he'd, you know, he yeah, was my I'm first sure. boss, but he'd like help me out throughout, you know, and, nice. um, it, that was really hard. And then, um, I have some, I, I found like mentors in sort of odd places like Anthony zyker <laughs> created CSI uh-huh. um he's he's just such like you know he's he's a Vegas guy and like he's uh you know he he a little bit of luck goes a long way and like you know you just have to celebrate the things as they come and like yeah. um and uh and then Ken Mock who created America's Next Top Model wow um, yeah interesting he's, yeah I know I've got Crazy. I've been lucky to, to have crazy, cool mentors. Yeah. Um,
1: What'd you learn from Ken?
0: Ken taught me that, uh, you, that you, if you have a good idea, you should just go for it no matter what, um, what, uh, if it fits in your category, if it doesn't fit in your category, if it fits in your, you know, your wheelhouse, if, if you think it's a good idea, just work hard on it and, yeah. and you can succeed whereas like before I was a bit more compartmentalized in in the things that you know like I'm only good at this or I'm yeah. only good at that and he's like you know no you can you can dream bigger and and do do more so nice yeah
1: what um what sacrifices have you had to make that you weren't expecting
0: um i have I feel like a lot of the sacrifices that I made were things that, um, I didn't, I could have not done as much. Like I felt like I had to be like the serious one, like running everything and like, Mm. and not enjoying the moments as much. And I feel like I could have. I could have enjoyed more. I could have let some of that go and like so still you, been in charge.
1: Are you better at that now or is that still
2: the thing? It's an
0: evolution, Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I'm definitely trying to be better at it. Um, but like, uh, I'm writing a book right now and in, in part of it, I asked um, a couple of the girls to write chapters about how suicide girls has impacted their lives. And, cool. um, I got one back from, uh, from this model Nixon, who's been a suicide girl forever. And, um, she's writing about all these amazing like crazy wild fun times and like, and I'm part of it, but I don't right. like looking back. I'm like, Oh yeah.
2: You that know, was, I didn't...
0: Yeah. That yeah. was fun. I should have, I should have just embraced the oddness of it a little bit more and like sure. been more in the moment.
1: Yeah. I don't know if you can learn that. I think,
0: I think it's only old age that
1: <laughs> maybe, or I, I don't know. Cause I'm the same. I'm not a celebrator Yeah, like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have some people around me that are and and I but I'm not sure that but you I, can really pick that up.
0: I think that I think it I've been trying for a little while for yeah. like yeah, and I feel like it's something that you can you can do. Okay. Like, yeah, so you should try. Like All right. puff a bottle of champagne just because you have something that might happen or, you know,
1: like That's a great idea. Like let's do it now. <laughs> Dave, you got that champagne? Yeah. <laughs> I think uh well, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary with this show, so yeah. we'll have a big.
0: You should have a celebration. Celebration for that. You should have a celebration for that. You should have a celebration for, you know, if somebody cool starts following you, you should yeah. celebrate that. Like have a moment, go out to dinner. Right?
1: Okay. Yeah. Nice. I'm down for that. Um, all right, I think we're at d- to the speed round. Oh, Okay. Um. What's the uh, so you're writing a book. Uh huh. What's the last great book you read?
0: Oh, um, this is going to sound really crazy because, um, I'm doing, I'm reading a lot of autobiographies right now because I'm writing one. you writing one? Um, but, uh. You steal Howard, stories
1: from other people's autobiographies? No. You should do that.
0: You <laughs> should just be like, okay, I, I'm i a chapter short. I just need yeah. to just copy verbatim. Yeah, this yeah. happened.
1: I was flying through the Himalayas. <laughs> I don't know whose story um, that is, by the way.
0: Yeah. But Howard Stern's autobiography, oh, yeah. it's, it's surprisingly like really— Private Parts? Private Parts, yeah. yeah. It's, really, it's really well written and like—
1: It's a good movie. Yeah. I didn't read it.
0: Oh. Well, it's a good but, book, too. Yeah. He, he is very insightful and like humble and honest and—
1: Have you done his show?
0: I haven't. I'm nervous, too. <laughs> you are? <laughs> yeah. Why? Because he has such like—I don't know.
1: I would imagine Howard would be a fan of I, what I, you do.
0: Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I've never you to, I show. think you
1: probably, you have to bring like two girls with you.
0: Yeah. And yeah. then they'd have to like make He's
2: out gonna or make something. A make out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You can find two girls. Yeah. You can find for that.
0: Yeah, two girls that are dating or something. Right. So it's within their wheelhouse.
1: Exactly. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, Movie, I know it's tough because with the kids, um, I don't know if you are. You do you go to see the kids' movies? I do. Yeah, I won't. I opted out of that. <laughs> you're like, no, no, not for me. He has to watch my movies. Oh. like so what like,
0: movies do you watch? Or well,
1: like? no, like we watch a lot of movies like that I saw as a kid. Uh-huh. So, so oh, yeah. a lot of '80s.
0: I there's a couple that I'm going to caution you about. Yeah. Um, Stand by Me is not for kids.
1: No, it's it's definitely not.
0: <laughs> I. Remember it is like oh they yeah, get it some some prankstery like right kid. no it's no. they're swearing and they smoke the whole time yeah. and they, it's just it's so, not
1: so we watched for kids. Uh, Bad News Bears the seventies oh, one yeah the Ma- also and not these, for kids not for kids no
0: no no yeah I know we did that same thing and they're drinking beers Drink, they're like, like eight year olds yeah. drinking beers yeah not good not really um and Goonies also. Not Goonies, not Goonies, um, Gremlins.
1: Oh, it's a little scary.
0: It's a little scary, but but I was like, oh, it'll be fine because, you know, he likes kind of scary movies and it's not super scary. Uh-huh. But it ruins Santa Claus because Phoebe really? Cates, her dad in it, I, I didn't remember this, but yeah. he um he pretends to be Santa and, like, gets stuck in the roof or in the chimney and no dies.
2: Oh, you And, kidding. like, she
0: tells the story and it's like... It, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the that's worst. That's crazy. Yeah, the worst. So is that, so, yeah, is that so, what
1: happened? Uh,
0: yes, we watched that. Oh, and no Santa. way. Yeah, so. Wow. Um,
1: yeah, my kid's still know Santa, so we won't. Yeah. That's a good one.
0: Avoid, avoid gremlins because right. that's not something you want to deal
1: Interesting. with. Interesting. So we watch like Ghostbusters and Back to the Future. And yeah. We just started watching James Bond. Ooh. Which is all right. They're not great films, but, yeah. you know, it's all right. He, There's enough. He the sex stuff, I'll, like, pass it. it he doesn't get it. Yet. Yeah. Like, if anything, he hides his eyes when they're kissing on, on screen. Um, and the rest, but he likes the, you know, chasing and stuff, fighting.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Um, it's the last great movie that I saw. I feel like I see a lot of movies. Um, but we've been moving house, and, like, I haven't had TV for a very long time, so... Mm. Um it's been a while. Um what did I see last? Yeah, I saw The Witch, that was pretty good. Was it? Yeah. It was like freaky it was like creepy. I don't know. I like like startle scare movies and oh, you so do? it's not so does my wife. Yeah, so it was not a startle scare movie, but it yeah. was it was like a lasting like creepiness. Um, I saw, this is not very lightning. I'm not, I'm just failing at the lightning. That's sure, all right. But, um, uh, what did I see? I saw Creed. That was really good. Okay. Um, I love Rocky movies. You do? I love boxing. Nice. Which is pretty antithetical to who I am, but I love it. Um, there's just something so beautiful about yeah, you know, the amount of work that goes into perfecting boxers' bodies and like and the movements and interesting and like the studying and like it's it's like dance.
1: I feel like if you're a boxer, that means that you don't have very good friends because <laughs> like somebody should have stopped you from getting punched in the face <laughs> for a living.
0: Yeah, they have huge entourages though.
1: Yeah, but those people are feeding. Uh, yeah, off those of them. people are not your friends. No.
0: Yeah. Absolutely
1: not. Do you travel with an entourage? I don't. No.
0: I mean, I'm here by myself today. Well, that's true. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't feel like I need to travel with an entourage. I don't know. I'm drawing a blank on movies. Can we come? Back that's okay.
1: To we don't have to worry about the movies. <laughs> um, what about uh, as a photographer? Are there other are there photographers that you're checking for? Anyone kind of up and coming that inspires you?
0: Oh, you had to go at the up and coming part. I had all of the. Like, oh, okay. Give me the no.
1: Give me the give me the old school. Who are I'm your favorites?
0: Diane Arbus, Man Ray, um, Alfred Stieglitz. Um, who else? Who else? Uh, It's a good list. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good list so far. Those are good. Um, there's another one that I'm completely drawing a blank on right now, but I it's like they're doing a retrospective at both the Getty and the and LACMA this month. Uh, he shot calla and he also shot um, erotic male nudes.
1: Oh wow, not familiar with that.
0: Um, he's
1: James is looking it up.
0: All right. Thanks, James. Thanks for having my back, Robert Maplethorpe. Yes, Maplethorpe.
1: That's a good name to
2: remember.
0: It is. Um, Patty Smith's "Just Kids" was about Maplethorpe and her starting out together. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. That was a good book too.
1: Nice. Yeah. Um, so, if I was, uh, if I worked, if I was one year twelve, if I were employee number thirteen, uh-huh. what's something I would hear you say a lot around the office?
0: Um. Oh wow, what what would you say? I don't know, Um, what do I say around the office? You'd probably hear me talking about my glittery pants or my glittery shoes or my glittery something.
1: Glittery fingernails.
0: (laughs) Glittery fingernails, (laughs) exactly. Um, But uh, I run a pretty tight ship. Like we use uh, software that tracks everything and so um, I have weekly meetings with the employees, with all the employees so that way, I don't have to micromanage, but everything yeah. is very like, like I'm in constant touch with them and like, it's, it's very like they give me daily reports and like we have ongoing projects and we meet weekly to discuss the progress on them and all that. And,
1: nice. Yeah.
0: Um, so, it's big.
1: Yeah. And what about, this is not very lightning roundy. This is, a, <laughs> this is not a, I know
0: this is the worst um, lightning round ever. kind of Just is. saying.
1: <laughs> no, I, we're going to go with it. Just. All right. Slow lightning. Yeah, um, it's
0: like it's like we're that slug.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, so uh, you have a partner. Yes, I do. How does that work? What? How do you? How do you divide and conquer?
0: I feel like it's been you know we've been working together for fifteen years so there we've butted heads we've had crazy of course um, crazy ideological. Fights, And we've had, like, all sorts of, um, you know, times when we agreed, you know, everything was copacetic and we were working super intrinsically together and, like, it was just the two of us building up. And um, and now I feel like we just, we have this trust between us yeah. that is, um, it's, it's so nice, you know, to not have, like, to just have somebody that you know you can count on and, like, um, if you you can trust their opinion and just know that they've they're they're doing what's right and like that you've you've worked out all the kinks along the way and mm-hmm. like and that you know if if you say you know can you take over this and that they'll do it and they'll do it well and they'll do it to the to the top level and yeah and if they say if they ask you to do something then you you just do it and like because you know that it's right for the business and like yeah. there's there's no real strife anymore it's just, Was there
1: something at the beginning that uh that helped you know that, that he was the right partner for you. Um Or was it not I mean it sounded like it was pretty casual.
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty casual and it's um I mean he's just always been there for me. Like no matter how much we fight or how much we like butted heads in the beginning, um he was just always like you just always come back to the table. And so <laughs> yeah. that um, in and of itself, I think is important.
1: So how do you know, you know, and again, thinking of all these startups out there and, or just, you know, people who want to start businesses. Um, there's a lot of talk about the importance of partnerships.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that you have to believe in each other as much as you believe in the idea mm. and like just know that um, and ju in trust and like, It's, it's hard to, to just have that faith in somebody, but, um, but if you just keep coming back after the arguments, then they're the right partner for you.
1: Yeah. That's big. Okay. Last question. And I'll give you two choices. Right. Um, this is more lightning. This is lightning. Uh, so, you know, I don't know how much you're into DJs, but if you have a favorite DJ, Uh um, and if not, well, do you have a favorite DJ?
0: Uh, probably Major Laser.
1: Major Laser, okay.
0: Does he qualify as a DJ? Or would like Steve Aoki more DJ.
1: You know, we're not here to judge. All
0: right. All right.
1: Yeah, this is a judgment-free zone. Right. We like Major Laser.
0: Right. Disclosure: They're a duo. They're not really.
1: I mean, they do DJ. They do I DJ. Think, yeah.
0: But they make songs. Right. Their
1: own. We like Disclosure. Yes. Um. So if you're on uh you're on a deserted island uh-huh. is it desert island or deserted island if you're on an island of uh-huh. any type and yeah. you can bring three records
0: three records what are they they're uh Always Costello, my aim is true um the pixies do little and uh, otis reddings uh sitting on the dock of the bay
1: that was a lightning answer love it Nice. Well, thank you so much for being here. That was awesome.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having uh, me. I appreciate
1: all the wisdom, and uh, we will keep following everything you're doing. Let's promote the socials, not that you need our help.
0: First, um, at Suicide Girls on everything, so Instagram, Suicide Girls.
1: And what's coming up? Blackheart Burlesque?
0: Blackheart Burlesque Tour is coming up. Um, end of We've got dates throughout the year in different countries and different parts of the world, so... Just check out blackheartburlesque.com. dot com, and you can also follow Blackheart Burlesque on all the social to find out where we're at.
1: Awesome, well. yeah. We may go down to San Diego and see that.
0: Oh yeah, we're doing Comic Con show. That's oh, really? always my favorite.
1: Cool. It's the best. Yeah, I bet.
0: It's like always, like super long and has crazy numbers that we're trying out for the next tour. And oh
1: right, really? nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's it's the most fun show of the year.
1: Cool. Great.
0: And we're doing two of them this year, so two Comic-Con shows. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Friday and Saturday.
1: Okay. Yeah, maybe we'll take a trip down there. Uh, Rebel Radio listeners, join us in San Diego for Blackheart Burlesque. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yo, how dope was she? I loved what she had to say. I hope you did too. I'd love to hear what you think. Hit me on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net, hit us on Facebook, or leave us a review on iTunes. Most importantly, come back next week for our interview with Michelle Tam, founder of Nom Nom Paleo. She's going to tell you how to get your fitness, your diet right, and much more. Before we go, we got some bills to pay. Check out this message from our sponsor, Wix.com. Wix.com is the best place to go to build your own website for your business, your portfolio, your artistic career, whatever your hustle is, you need a website and wix.com is the place to make that happen. It's easy, it's fast, it's free. There's hundreds of designer-made customizable templates and you can just drag and drop your images, your copy in there and you're done. Wix.com, that's W-I-X.com.